0: lovely song Um, Ellie Goulding sings there called River is obviously a cover from Joni Mitchell. Now, Joni Mitchell wrote that song back in the 70s. And it's interesting, that song's gone like 50 years. And although she never released it as a single, it's been covered so many times because it sums up that kind of Christmas nostalgia, that kind of things lost, things gained, looking back at the year past, the joys, the sorrows of the year. And I love the way it starts with jingle bells. So it makes you think it's going to be all jolly, jingle bells, and uh, you know, jingle all the way, in one horse open sleigh laughing all the way and that kind of Christmas gloss that it's Christmas we all have to be happy and then it just merges typically into a Joni Mitchell melancholic you know reflection and uh, she does that so well holding like the joy and the sadness together and that kind of nostalgic feeling that often is summoned up at Christmas as we look back over the year. I love it when she's singing, you know, it's a season of joy and peace. I should be feeling peaceful and joy, but I made my baby cry and I made my baby say goodbye. And that's that kind of holding together of sadness and joy. And this is a time of year, isn't it, where we celebrate our joys and we mourn our losses. And it's very important for our kind of survival and our well-being in life that the things that go right, we celebrate those wins. We celebrate the wins together and we don't um, we, you know, we make sure we mark those occasions. And then when it's time for sorrow, that we share that together, that we have support and that we mourn together. Now, just a few days ago, you know, talking about like happy times and tough times, I held a brand new little baby, newborn baby in my arms, Kira and Hannah's little baby, baby Nathaniel, six pound, four ounces. Now, they've shared with me their stories. I sat in their front room, held little baby in my arms, and they shared their story that on Ellie's birthday, Hannah had had a migraine all day long, and this, this migraine just wouldn't go, but she wanted to get the birthday party done, and Ellie and bed and they popped into hospital just to check at sort of nine months pregnant, eight months pregnant, just to check everything's okay. And within minutes they get whipped into surgery. Emergency C-section is a shock. It feels out of control. And then the little tiny newborn baby Nathaniel is in a box. And so Hannah has to reach her hand through into the box. And they were sharing this sense of joy at the new life, but the heartache of like the separation of not being able to hold him in their arms and then finally we get the text. He's coming home. And so we dash over their house and they're sharing their story. They're tired. Everything hurts. Not so much for Kieran. And, um, you know, everything's kind of painful. Looking after children, uh, mum helping. It's amazing. And just sharing that Beautiful joy of new life, but in the middle of the challenges as well. And then while we were holding little um, baby Nathaniel, and Julian played a blessing of this newborn, and Hannah and Kieran said, the only thing is, the nurse said the baby's going to go back to hospital because he's so new, he's not strong enough to to feed yet. And so they have been expressing milk and just like pouring it in a little cup in his mouth, anything that for him not to have to go back to hospital. As I held him in my arms and I said, Lord Jesus... You come in your power, that little baby Nathaniel, he can suck, he's hungry, bring that feeling on that he wants food. You do that, that he doesn't have to go back to hospital, can stay in the bosom of his family with his two brothers and sister and his mum and dad. And as I finished praying and handed him back, he started like snuffling around, you know, and they're looking for food. And Kieran's like, he hasn't done that before. And Hannah said, no. So he gave it to Hannah and he starts looking around for food. They usher us out the house quite quick. I mean, Hannah and was holding my coat door open. We were gone. And the baby started to feed. And then they text me two days later, the baby has put on 20 grams. And I mean, I put on 20 grams just having a cup of tea and mince pie, but um, the baby had put on 20 grams and can stay home. And I think it's amazing how God just comes in a moment straight away. And when we pray, hears our prayers, those most vulnerable moments. And also for those of you who follow the body coach, Joe Wicks, wouldn't it be great if I could drive up, and we could drive up to hospital and pray for his little baby, Marley, because again, he's been born premature, and they're just sending little updates every day. They're just desperate to bring this little one home. So there's a joy of new life, and yet that sad feeling as well of being separated. And of course, at Christmas, we celebrate the impact of another tiny baby coming to earth, and that was Jesus himself. And when Jesus came to this earth, that was a moment that changed history. And at Christmas, we celebrate. And this was a baby with a plan. And I love the raw honesty of the Christmas story. It's something that gets me every time. When you look through the pages of the Bible, how the gospel writers record it, it's a story that is honest and brave. It's a story in the context of the Roman occupation. And this huge upheaval that uh, um, Caesar Augustus decides to do a census. And so people all have to travel back. There's this upheaval we know about. Herod the Great, who was petty and jealous, and he was like, a, in many ways, like a puppet king. And how um, he, he slaughtered all the under twos to get rid of Jesus. This was a dangerous time. When I think of Mary, that pregnancy, you know, what did they say in village life? That here she was, not married yet, and yet pregnant. And in that culture, it was it was shameful. And the journey that she went on, nine months pregnant, was so harsh. And in Joseph, he was brave to continue with the relationship. But although he found Mary pregnant, he had a divine encounter that assured him this baby was special and to carry on with the, uh, with the marriage and the relationship. And then that uh, divine encounter to escape from Herod and save Jesus when all those... Um, The children were slaughtered. It was a raw, rough time. And there they were in a stable, not even a great place to give birth, but a stable or perhaps even a cave where the animals were. It was the lowest, it was rough. And it was there in that mean, small place that the amazing thing happened that Jesus was born. And the shepherds were first, as we heard from Tim, the shepherds were kind of despised. And yet they were there first at the birth to see what happened. And the wise men's we heard earlier, they travel and they bring rich gifts fit for a king, but so humbling to bring them into a stable. And there is this like rough, raw story, an honest story of travel and grit and bravery. And just a group of people, these main players, to protect the newborn Jesus, because he was gonna grow up to be a man to fulfill an amazing mission. But at this time, like little baby Nate and little baby Marley, he's just small and vulnerable in the hands of people to protect him. And this is a sign to us. If we're asking, well, what is a sign? Just like the angel said to the shepherds, it's a sign that there'll be a baby in a manger, in a feeding trough. And it's a sign to us that Jesus came, made himself so vulnerable in such a humble place. He's saying, I am accessible. I am here for you. I counted the cost. I did everything that I could reach you, I even made myself a vulnerable baby for you. He went on that journey and we see the sacrifice of God's heart right there in the Christmas story. And Jesus came to earth for us Just as we are. And with that no frills and ribbons birth, it shows that He's a no frills and ribbons God. There's plenty of mystery, but He comes to us with accessibility and honesty for our highs and our lows. And as we reflect back over the last year and we look forward to what is going to happen in 2020. God is one who wants to walk with us through the highs and the lows because he has the strength for us. And he comes to us in our vulnerability. We don't have to put Christmas frills on, but he comes to us just as we are. He loves us just as we are. Now, when Joni Mitchell wrote that song, River, back in the 70s, it was part of an album called Blue. And she had come on a real journey of trying to sing on the streets and busking and write her own songs. And she said when she put that album out, she said of that album later in her life, it was the most emotionally honest album. Like, she just put herself out there. And she said, when I wrote words like, I'm selfish and I'm sad in River... That was exposing. And she said, we all suffer from our own loneliness. But at the time of Blue, our pop stars never admitted these things. You think 50 years back when it was just the gloss of everything, the gloss and the glitter. But she wrote some honest words that were new and unusual to just lay your heart out there. And she went on to say about that period of her life, at that period of my life, I had no personal defences. I felt like a cellophane wrapper on a pack of cigarettes. I felt like I had absolutely no secrets from the world and I couldn't pretend in my life to be strong. I think we all feel like that sometimes. Have you had those moments? You've got to get up and go to work, or you've got to face friends, or you've got to get out there, but you feel vulnerable like a cellophane cellophane wrapper that everybody can see, and that it's got to the point that I can't pretend to be strong. And there are days when we are strong, but days when we are just me, and I'm having a weak day today. And that Honesty that she writes about in the song. And I want you to know that there is no pretending with Jesus. His love is so strong and so accepting, it is unconditional. Now, it's a rare thing in our world, isn't it, to give one another unconditional love. When you find that, it's a beautiful thing. But Jesus comes to us with love with no conditions. His love is unquenchable. In fact, there's a beautiful verse in. Song of Songs. You skip to that slide for me, Fee. In Song of Songs, it says this, many waters cannot quench love. Rivers cannot sweep it away. If one were to give the wealth of all one's house for love, it would be utterly scorned. Hear those words, many waters cannot quench love and rivers cannot sweep it away. And it's amazing how the love of God is unquenchable. It's like even a river couldn't uh, 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 move it away. That God comes to us with love that is indescribable. It is a love he wants us all to experience. When we experience unconditional love of that nature, that's what makes us free. That's what makes us free to just be ourselves, to not have to prove anything, to not have to rise to anyone's standard, to not worry what other people think, but just to be free in my own skin, because I know that I am loved by the one who made this whole world, and Jesus who came and gave his life for us. So let's just look at two quick themes in this nostalgic Christmas story. We'll go back to slide 31. And so, In this this beautiful video, there's two kind of themes that come up. And the first one we can see is like restoration. So it's very clever, isn't it, how Ellie Goulding brings in the whole theme of environmental concerns and recycling, single-use plastic, and she brings that into her video. And I love the way that she makes something beautiful out of what has been discarded. Now, they filmed this video on a shingle beach at Dunge Nest in Romney Marsh in Kent. And they all go down there. And, and I was fascinated by the landmark concrete sound mirrors. And if you see those big structures there, they were built in World War I. And it was a kind of technology that never quite worked, so it didn't catch on. And they're also rather big and detectable. But they built these concrete sound mirrors. And it was supposed to give an early warning system to detect enemy aircraft. And I think it's fascinating that just in the landscape, that choosing that location of these concrete mirrors, there's a warning of danger to come. She brings in this theme of environmental danger, of warning of things to come. I think that's really clever how she pieces that video together. And I'm I'm not sure how she that piece, that beautiful tree, it looks so amazing at the end, that if I went down to Swansea Bay with a few friends and picked up some litter off the beach, I'm not sure I'd make something quite so beautiful. But what they made was so nice, it actually got given to the local primary school to enjoy. So that's great. I'm not sure Portmead would uh, appreciate my efforts if we went down the beach and gathered up whatever we find in Swansea Bay. But these items... They've been lost or thrown away. They're redeemed and made into something beautiful. And that serves our theme here because Jesus said he came to seek and to save that which was lost. His very purpose was to find us. It's like Jesus roaming the beach and just picking up what others have discarded. And Jesus says, that's special to me. I'm going to make something beautiful out of it. And that is special to me. And I am going to redeem it and make something beautiful. And Jesus wants to make something beautiful out of our lives. Where we have made errors or mistake or have heartache or things have gone wrong. Jesus wants to come and make something beautiful out of the... What has been discarded. And when we turn to Him, He comes into our life. He forgives us all our mistakes and sins. As we come to Him, we say, Lord, you know. I need your help. I realize you're real. And I leave the past behind. I turn to you for this new life. And as we do that, he floods in in a spiritual way, forgives all our sin and gives us a clean slate. And then we experience this amazing peace, like being cleaned up in a very spiritual way on the inside. Jesus tells this story in Luke 15 that really gets me every time he tells this story. He tells a story about lost things. And it's not plastic or left on the beach, but it's about things that are lost. And one of the things that are lost is is a sheep. And this shepherd, he has 100 sheep. But it says when he discovers one is missing, he has this like abandoned, reckless love. He leaves the 99 and goes for the one. And he just goes to find it. It's like this reckless, abandoned, leave the 99. 99, go and find the one. And he searches until he can find it. And that one is you and me. That Jesus comes searching for us. And he won't give up looking. And it says in Luke 15, this story that Jesus told. Jesus said to the crowd, and when he finds that sheep, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders. And he goes home with it. He calls his friends and his neighbors together and says, Hey, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. And Jesus has this love that will never stop. It is unending. It will never stop. It cannot be swept away. Many waters cannot quench love and rivers cannot sweep it away. And the second theme, of course, that fits nicely into the river, because the song is called The River. And I love the way Joni writes this song now, and the river, the idea that this river becomes a path of escape, and that a frozen river, maybe she can skate away on it. I love the line, a river so long, teach my feet to fly. Have you ever felt like that? Things are just getting to you, and you just wish my feet could fly. And she has this picture of flying away or skating away and getting away from it all. But the thing with like getting away from it all is that we take our broken heart with us. We don't leave that behind, but it travels with us wherever we fly or wherever we skate. And like our escape is short-lived because it's a matter of the heart. It's what's in here. It is our heartache. And Jesus talks a lot about the heart. And Jesus promises a river that rather than a path of escape, it is a river of life that will flow from in us, within us. We never need to escape, but this river flows up from within us. Let me explain to you. He talks about, you know, when we need our heart mended, that God has so much love for us, but we can't receive it. It's like through a veil, or it's like through a pane of glass. And we can't receive it because our heart is far away. And yet we feel that vulnerability. Like when Joni said, I couldn't pretend in my life to be strong. I felt like a cellophane wrapper. And in that tenderness, Jesus comes to us. There was a time when Jesus met a woman. And this woman was by a well in Samaria. And she was definitely a woman with a broken heart. And I think she must have felt like a cellophane wrapper because she ran back to her village later after talking with Jesus and said, come and meet the man who told me everything I've ever done. I was like cellophane. He could see my whole life. And for her heartache, he promised living water that she would never be thirsty again. In John four fourteen, it records this uh, account that happened. And Jesus said to her, whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become a fount of water springing up to eternal life. And the woman believed and understood truth with Jesus and it changed her whole life. And Jesus hung around, stayed several days in Samaria and the whole town talked and listened with him and the whole town believed. And at that time, the Samaritans were viewed like the disciples discarded plastic on the beach, but like second class, but not to Jesus. There is no second class for Jesus. Every person is important. And Jesus talked to her about the longing of her heart and the deep longing of our hearts that sometimes our desire to escape is because our heart is aching for truth. And and there was this big festival. At the end of the festival, Jesus said this in John 7. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood up and he said to everybody in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within him. And by this, he meant the Spirit. And this is the role of the Holy Spirit. He comes to us. He mends us. He enables us to have like deep communion with God because God is real. And when we come to him, we have like a spiritual experience where it's not just believing in our head, but we have an encounter with the real and living God. And just like God comes and heals our bodies, it's like a visible sign of his presence and his kindness and his love. And when we come to him, the Holy Spirit helps us to discover his power, his reality, and the depth of his love. Now, over the years, Julia and I have made a friend of a guy called Jeff. And Jeff is the concierge at a hotel. And over the years, we've made friends with Jeff, and he's poured out to us. His, his wife now has gone through terrible um, illnesses and operations. And we see so much healing in the church that every time we see Jeff, we're like, let us pray for your wife. She rang me once, and I prayed for over the phone, but she wouldn't come to see us at the hotel and be prayed for. And you feel, if only she came, I know that God would touch her. Anyway, this week we saw Jeff and I was waiting on the edge of a car park and I suddenly heard, "'Oi!' And I looked over and there was Jeff. And I went over and said, "'Hi, Jeff, how are you doing?' He said, "'It's terrible.'" He said, Teresa's not so bad at the moment, but me, I've had a face infection. My face has been out here and I could see all the scabs on his face. And he was going in for a Christmas hug and I said, oh, please don't let me catch it. And he said, yeah, I'm on antibiotics. But he said, the worst thing is this. I've got sciatic nerve pain and I'm in work all over Christmas and it's so painful. And Julian was just bringing the car around and he came over and said, Julian, quick, let's pray for Jeff. And I said to Jeff, look, we've only got a minute because we're on our way to a meeting, but we'll pray for you now. He goes, okay then. He's there in his con." outfit, the hat, the works, you know, Julian comes over and we put our hands on his shoulder and Gina said, in the name of Jesus, Jeff be healed. You can do your job all over Christmas. Amen. And he went, Oh, I felt something oh my goodness. And he was shocked. All the pain went straight away. i like, God is good. I thought next time his wife is ill, maybe he'll actually bring her because he will see that God's power is real. And when God heals our bodies, it's a sign to us. Are you looking for a sign? The sign is Jesus coming to earth as a vulnerable baby. The sign is our bodies healed. The sign is the love of God for you. And the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, there's many verses in the Bible about rivers. And I want to read you a little bit of a mashup of Isaiah and John. And just let this strengthen you ready for the Christmas season. The Lord will satisfy you in a sun-scorched land and strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst, Whoever believes in me, as scriptures has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And as we end this little talk now, whenever you hear that beautiful song, River, over Christmas, if you're in the shops, it's on the radio, it's in the car, let us remember these things. Number one, Jesus comes to restore. He makes something beautiful of our lives. There's no need to feel discarded or thrown away or lost, because Jesus comes looking for you, and he makes something beautiful of your life. Number two, we don't need a river to escape on, but we can have a river of living water flowing from within us. If we just come to Jesus and say, I want that. I want that, Lord. I want to know you in my life, your power, your reality, to wipe away the past, to wipe away the mistakes of my life, and come in and change me. I may live the rest of my days with you, not vulnerable like a cellophane (sighs) wrapper, but just bringing my realness to you that you can do something beautiful with it. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord, for the raw honesty of coming into the world and those brave people around you who made it possible. I thank you, Jesus, that you find us just as we are, our cellophane selves, no pretending, no Christmas gloss. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you want to heal our hearts and that we can find our strength in you. And as we turn to you, we can discover your unquenchable love and your power in our lives. Now, if you're sitting here today and you've never yet prayed to receive Jesus, and you've heard all these songs and stories about the one who loves you, If you want him today, just pray this prayer with me. And when you pray this prayer and you mean it sincerely, the God of all creation will come to you in power. You will know his love. You will experience his love upon you, wiping away all the past and a future to look forward to now and in eternity. So if you want that, pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for coming into this world for me. I thank you for looking for me. I thank you for your great love for me. I choose now to turn to you. I ask you to forgive me for all I have done wrong in my life. I ask that you'll come to me with your love and with your power. I ask that you'll bring me brand new life by the power of your Holy Spirit. I ask you, Lord, for that river of life flowing from within me that nothing can quench. Amen. Lord Jesus, I pray for every person who's prayed that prayer today, that you will come by your power because your love for us is so great. You want none lost. You'll even leave the 99 for the one. Come to every person today, Lord, who has prayed that prayer sincerely you'll come with your life and the power of your Holy Spirit to bring change. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer today, we have some special little books and stuff at the front here that you're welcome to take away, a portion of the Bible that has the story of Christmas and everything else that Jesus did. and and what happened after the cross. It's written by Luke. So it's Luke and Acts, because he wrote both books. It's a handy little book you can take with you. And this is, oh, there's the uh, Welsh version. We have it in Welsh and in English. I'll find you an English one. But this little book is called Six, and it has six little starters to help you on your journey with Jesus. Okay, thank you very much. God bless you.